Welcome to another of Renton Christian Center's recorded ministries. As you take the time to listen, we hope your heart and spirit will be refreshed with God's love for you. Here again is our message. Today we get to look at all the things God has done among us in 2015. And uh, we call it our annual ministry report because our denomination requires once a year to report to the church family, here's how it's going. And we can really tailor this to any way we want. And so a couple of decisions I made this year is to um, remember there's only about five people who are like accountants by profession in the room and maybe another five who really care about all the details and data. So we have created just for you a detailed account of all the finances for 2015. You can pick it up at the window on your way out. For the rest of us, we get pictures and testimonies. We're going to talk about how our investment has paid off uh, in doing the work of the kingdom and the work of Jesus here. I, uh, I love Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and never forget any of his benefits. I think it's critical to our well-being, our mental health, is to always call to mind the good things God has done. Don't you think? Doesn't it help your perspective when you remember life is not all bad? You conjure up all the bad things that have happened, all the problems, all the things you don't have solved yet. That can make you really depressed very, very fast. So I think it's good as a church family as well to, to call to mind the things that, that God has done in the past year. So I've asked the entire uh, paid staff we have a huge volunteer staff, but the paid staff, all five of us are going to share for just a few minutes each. And so what I'd like to do is encourage you, you've all got a little ministry report you can take home and read on your own, but a few of the things I'm going to highlight in here. And so my job is to kind of kick it off with a very powerful verse from Luke 14, verse 28. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, Luke 14, verse 28. And he's talking about taking stock in what you possess before you move forward and invest. And in this case, he's telling a little word picture, a metaphor, a parable about a guy who wants to build a tower. And he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. I, for one, hate being ridiculed. How about you? So one of the things we like to do as a church family is to really consider what God has invested in us in terms of time, our treasures, our talent, the gifts in this family of believers, and then begin to really discern how do we want to invest our lives, our time, our gifts, our energy, our resources, so that the kingdom of God can have maximum benefit and we can experience maximum joy and fulfillment. So that's why we do these kind of meetings. Numbers matter. Money matters. Time and energy and, and managing resources really matters. We want to count the cost so that we can look back at our lives together and say, wow, we started and we finished. And we finished well. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to just take you through a couple of uh, 
pie charts, the only numbers you're going to see today. And uh, give you just a couple of highlights, then we'll move on to some of the people stuff. Um, we actually, as a church family, contributed almost half a million dollars in the last 12 months to tithes, to offerings, to missions, to the fundraisers. That's wildfire. That's the women's uh, fundraisers, the kids' fundraisers that we've done. Uh, miscellaneous income includes rental income from uh, Word of Life, the church that meets here in the afternoons. And then there's a little bit of building funds still trickling in because that's kind of on uh, sleep mode right now. It's not over. It's not done. But uh, that's only been a small part. But the cool thing to me is just to recognize that out of a half a million bucks, this church still tithes. That means you continue to give to those things that really aren't that sexy. They're just kind of that mundane, here's my 10%, here's that 10%. You know, there's no like starving child that you're feeding. There's no wildfire auction that you're celebrating. There's, no, there's not a whole lot emotionally connected to it. But I'm telling you, the tithe is what this church really runs on. Because without that, we wouldn't have a building, we wouldn't have lights, we wouldn't have a staff, we wouldn't have a lot of the things that just keep the engine running. So I just want to say thank you. Great job being faithful. And I want to say as well, we're not cheap when it comes to missions. It's really cool that, that you guys are so generous. And again, we had a surplus this year and uh, we're able to give big Christmas bonuses and still keep a reserve in case things you know, go up and down this year. So that was an awesome year of income. Now, the first thing, some of you astute people will notice the expenses are higher than the income. That's never a good thing, right? In anybody's budget. However, the good news is we started the year with a very solid beginning balance. So we did spend a touch more, but we had plenty to cover it. And we actually ended the year in the black about this much. But we are in the black, praise God. So don't let that number scare you. And Yeah. <laughs> And by the way, if you have questions, Carrie Allen, our amazing bookkeeper, would love to answer them. So uh, if you have any details, well, no, she will under duress. How about that? Okay, a couple more things, and then I'll move on from the numbers. What, what I love is the fact that 59% of our ministry has been hands-on stuff. In other words, the gifts that you give, the offerings that you bring, have been directly tied to the hours that we spend in prayer, in counseling troubled people, in helping marriages get along, in preaching and teaching, in taking wildfire students across the mountains to Blue Lake, and in doing the work of the ministry here in the community, leading teams, in feeding the hungry. I mean, everything that we do in terms of hands-on ministry has been supported by your tithes and your offerings. In addition to that, 19% has been used for missions. I mean, between the two, that's what, 78% of our giving goes directly into ministry. That's huge. I love it. Now, when I say missions, I'm including the missions offering. That's the, just the checks and the cash that we give every month that goes to the missionaries outside of these four walls. It also includes all the mission trips that were taken among the students and the adults, the money they poured in to provide for themselves to go serve communities like in Alaska this past year. And uh, the Foursquare Extension Tithe, we give another 10% out of all the tithes that are given to Foursquare because they use it for planting new churches across the country. So all of those are outreach, church planting, missions, or hands-on ministry. And then, of course, we've got to pay the rent and utilities for facilities, uh, supplies and operations, you know, snacks, coffee, 
um, copies, postage, and all those kind of things. Okay, so that's where the money goes. And again, I'm just thrilled that uh, God's helped us to manage this in, I think, a very um, healthy stewardship way. That's just my opinion. So that's that. Now, let's talk about the people stuff. What have we done with all of this investment of our time, energy, and resources? Well, we've been meeting with guys called Young Guns. This is just a handful of the guys that meet every other Tuesday. By the way, this Tuesday, guys, this Tuesday night at 6.30, uh, we get together, and what I love is this is one of the best investments I think we as leaders have ever made. These young men show up faithfully. They want to be in God's Word. We memorized about 10 Bible verses to a T last year. This year we're going through a 10-part uh, video series called Stepping Up in Manhood. It's been powerful. It's been kind of uh, convicting, but very encouraging and inspiring. There are also a lot of wildfire gals. I didn't get to a whole picture of the young nuns, but they're the group that meet on Monday nights, and some of you ladies are part of that. I just happened to show up on a Wednesday night, and I said, hey, I need some photos. How about you? Boom. So your investment is going into taking uh, lives like these young ladies and investing for their future. You're investing in some cool and happy families. You know, Mitch and Ashley kind of grew up in our church. Then they moved away for a couple of years. I think they moved to Colorado for a while and, and lived up north for a while. And, and now God has brought them back with a baby. And, and they've invested so strongly, not only in wildfire here, the youth group, but also in their own personal commitment to raising a godly child. So they decided we're, we're going to work on one income. We're going to live on one income. I'm going to stay, Ashley says, home with baby Faith. And they rented a house way out in the boondocks. Literally, it's a little cabin, um, kind of in need of repair, simply to keep their costs down so they can put Jesus first, family first, and still have time left over for ministry. That's the kind of family you guys are investing in here, and I think they're future leaders of RCC as well. There's also some cool couples that I, <laughs> I just couldn't figure out anything else to call them, but they're just very cool. They're cool because Josh and Kirsten are very godly couple, and what I love, this is uh, Kevin's son, if you didn't know, Kevin has a son. His name's Josh, and he married Kirsten. Anyway, um, these guys are the future of RCC. You're going to notice there aren't many gray hairs in this little slideshow. <laughs> I, it's not personal. Um, us boomers, you know, we're important. I just didn't have my camera at the right time when you were here. So um, I do want to say this, though. We've got to invest in the future. Amen? Next generation. All right, we've got a couple more here. These are, these are the kind of families we invest in, normal Christians. No, I just took that for fun. That's uh, Jason, two of his girls, and Ashley having a blast. Uh, we got an amazing worship team on Wednesday nights, and they also share with us on Sunday mornings. The investment you guys are making is helping these kids, number one, just keep showing up at church. A lot of them would not be here if they didn't have the opportunity that Kevin keeps giving them to serve, to lead, to play instruments, to learn instruments, literally right before our eyes, and their lives are going to change the course of history. Do you agree with that? It is. It's true. Then you've got a couple of gals who... We just found these two women wandering around in downtown Renton. <laughs> they looked like they were in need of help. And so, no, just kidding. No, I love Carrie. She is one of the most faithful volunteers. You know, she's been helping and serving in wildfire for about 10 years, maybe 12 years. 
for free. She just gives her time and energy to every camp out, every retreat, every Wednesday night. This gal's here. Cinnamon and her husband Jason have been serving out in True North Kids uh, week after week after week. They're the people you can't keep them from signing up. They just continue to pour out their lives to our children. Those are the kind of folks we're investing in. Man and mentor. This is RJ. He's one of our Young guns, and uh, I, I want to just stop here for a minute and, and just look at the difference between these two faces. One is young, one is not so young. <laughs> I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not making fun. Can I just speak to you personally, if you're over 40, 45, or maybe, it doesn't matter the age, maybe your kids have grown up and kind of moved out, and you've sort of got life back to yourself. If, if that's the stage of life you're in, this is what we need to be investing in, mentoring I want you to turn around and invest in the lives of the young people around you. It may be here in church, it may be in your neighborhood, but you've got to invest in young lives. In fact, I had a, there's a radical four-square pastor who serves in Puyallup, and, and here's what he told the baby boomer crowd among him. He said, look, guys, I'm sorry if you don't like the music. We're going to minister to 20-year-olds. That's whom God has called us to. What I want you to do, your job, baby boomers, is to write checks and mentor. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he said it, not me. Anyway, I love that a couple of our young folks, too. We call this guy the Fonz. His name is Alphonse, Kevin's little brother. And uh, Jaden, do you know Jaden's about eight foot three right now? <laughs> He's going to be an NBA star. Someday he's already being recruited by a lot of uh, recruits for college and things like that. But the cool thing is, is Jaden has had a powerful experience with Christ. Esther keeps bringing her four sons to church because they want to raise four men who are strong in the Lord. And in the meantime, God's building friendships so that what's happening sticks in their fellowship together. We do things at the Northwood Middle School because you have to understand not every relationship we have with pre-Christians is an evangelistic one, at least not directly. Sometimes service precedes salvation. Sometimes belonging precedes believing. Sometimes a conversation precedes conversion. So that's why we continue to reach out to Fairwood Apartments, to Vine Maple Place, to the Northwood Teachers Lunch. And uh, I, I wish I had taking the picture when the room was filled. There were 71 teachers and staff. I mean, the place was packed. We had to bring in more chairs. The place was packed. And we got to serve those teachers and say thank you for serving the students of our community. <laughs> Last but not least, we had an awesome mission trip. If you haven't ever gone on a mission trip with RCC adults or wildfire, sign up. You've got to come with us. It's absolutely a kick in the pants. It's not all work. Sometimes we play. Rod, the leader there, took us out on his boat to go fishing, and they caught fish. We got to walk to this lake way up high in the mountains. It, it has blue glaciers, blue ice floating. I didn't get a picture. I got one. It was too fuzzy, so I just said, well, we're on our way. We're heading up there. I got to stop. This is at the end of the day. I was freezing cold. There was a hot, roaring fire. It's the only place to get warm in the entire campsite, and it's about 35 degrees outside. But I had to stop and admire the work that our team put together there. So we got to accomplish our mission in Anchor Point, Alaska. Now I want to finish the work that we started here in 2016. At the end, I'll come back and talk to you a little bit more about the year ahead. But first, let me introduce my partner in ministry, Callie Layton. You say thank you, Callie. 
my friend Karen Payne, you guys know Mama Payne, right? She, uh, she's a football fan, as you know. Her nephew got to be in um, Marshawn Lynch's store, Beast Mode store that opened in Oakland. And he sent pictures to her, so she forwarded them to me. And this is on the wall of Marshawn Lynch's store. And this is what I think I want to have on the wall of my life. I'm blessed. I'm blessed every day I wake up. So I just try to maximize every day to the fullest. Okay? That, isn't that amazing that that's on his wall? Okay, so I um, just wanted to share that with you before I start sharing. Um, so Alex wanted me to give some quotes and stuff, but I'm just going to kind of give you an idea of what I'm up to. Um, I mentor Kaylin at Ridgewood through um, community and schools. And Jean, I see you out there, and I want to say thank you. She and mentors, and Alex and Kevin mentor, and some of the others might mentor too. Um, Kaylin, I started probably two years ago, and we play cards. That's all she wants to do. Did you bring your cards? Did you bring cards? <laughs> and um, I want to say after two years that finally I'll see her stop playing, and she's talking finally. We're talking, and we're talking some serious stuff. And um, so I'm excited that I'm getting maybe through a little bit, and um, in about a year and a half, she's going to be at Northwood, and you know what that means. I'm going to talk her into coming to wildfire, but anyways, <laughs> I'm making friends with her mom, and also with the counselor at the school there. I'm a smart, uh, love, smart, freedom speaker, and um, Alex, did you, you didn't give my numbers for how many students? That's okay. Oh, okay. That's fine, but I Thursday, Friday, I was at Meeker Middle School, and um, I wanted to just share some quotes that I got on my eval evals. Some of them are kind of interesting. Um, this was smart love, so we're talking about waiting until marriage to have sex and why it's all good and everything. So my family and I are Christian, and I am already very conscious about my decisions and the consequences. I believe that it is only for reproduction anyways. <laughs> okay. I thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, made me realize I'm very valuable and guys should respect me for who I am. Callie, your words are very powerful. My mother told me to wait until marriage to have sex because it was a religious belief in our family. Okay, I think it's really cool because they're witnessing to me, right? Um, if someone is pressuring you to have sex, they're not worth it. It helped me find more reasons why to wait until marriage. It made me a little sad when we were talking about cheating because someone cheated on me before. This helped because I would have probably lost it, virginity, in high school, but now I want to wait until older. Um, it helped me to say no to sex until marriage because I know the person loves the real me and we will build a strong relationship. And then I liked it. Callie is hilarious. At least somebody appreciates my humor. <laughs> um, and uh, then on Friday, it was so cute. This girl comes up to me. And so it's the second day. So she comes up right before class, and she goes, Callie, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. And she goes, so who made sex? And um, <laughs> <woo. laughs> so I'm standing there, okay, you know, I want to say God. Right away, I want to say God, but obviously I have to be you know, under the radar. So I said, well, who made you? My mom created sex. 
I said, no. And so I'm kind of, and I said, "Um, who created you? God. God made, and then it was just like, oh, God, you know, she was all cool with that. She knew. Isn't that awesome? But just to get, you know, that question, bam, okay. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing I want to say is that I have developed relationships with the teachers that I go into their classes every year. And one of them is Scott Quinn at at Northwood. And when I met, um, you guys know Mr. Quinn. Okay, Mr. Quinn and I, um, yeah, it's been several years. And I have, uh, every time I get an opportunity, like at lunch break or whatever, he starts sharing with me about personal relationship stuff. So it feels like we've kind of gone through a lot together with him. He is getting married. And he sent me a save the date Save the date card, because when he told me at the teacher luncheon that he was getting married, I said, can I come to the wedding? Absolutely, yeah, you're going to be there. It was so sweet. So just that relationship is very, very important to me and to God, too. So I want to talk about the Christmas store. Um, I went w- and met with uh, seven school counselors, which face-to-face, which is awesome, from Northwood Meeker, uh, Carriage Crest, Fairwood Elementary, Ridgewood, Renton Park, and Cascade Elementary. And so to sit down across the table with seven um, counselors and get to share with them what the Christmas store does and everything is powerful. They know we're a church. It's pretty cool. Um, RCC, you raised almost $800 in November for me to go buy toys, filled the back of my pilot. Then Fairwood Golf and Country Club filled my pilot twice again. And they donated money. A lady was here. She's a non-believer. And she gave me a check from their family for $225. And another $100 cash was given at the office for the store. Then Zach Ayat um, has a connection with Target. And they donated $200 towards toys for the store. Um, and then Fairwood Golf and Country Club also, which is really cool. This is all about relationship, right? It's good that we have toys. Yes, but it's all about the relationships being, being built. Um, ladies from the club came and helped set up the Christmas store. They helped organize, and then they came back. Um, one of them came back as a personal shopper, and I, she doesn't go to church. I don't know what her religious beliefs are, but uh, she is wonderful. Carol, I'll just put her first name out there. Wonderful. And then is uh, Santa Rocky here? Yeah, Rocky, Santa Claus. Um, he took... Uh, we had leftover toys, clothing, food. We had leftover. That's amazing to me. Um, and uh, he took some leftover toys to, to the Tuesday night dinners and opened his trunk and helped um, how many families? Four families, 12 kids. And um, that was awesome. And then extra toys went to Vine Maple Place as well. And then we had food and clothing. Those of you that that helped at the holiday dinner. Um, We took that to Fairwood Apartments. Here's a text from someone I received that was one of the guests that came the week during Christmas store. I came to the church this week to get help, and I really wanted to thank you for the help that my family received. I had recently been in a domestic violence situation and was sent to the hospital. This year has been really tough. I wasn't sure that my kids would have any gifts under the tree, and with your help, they will. So thank you. So thank you. Um, for, so I would like uh, everyone in the room um, that helped, would you please stand, first of all, if you came and helped set up in the store. 
for the Christmas store. There was a number of you. Okay, yeah, you better get up. Cleo, Gretchen, she's not wanting to get up. <laughs> you don't think I know, stay, stay standing, please stay standing. Um, also, if, if you were a personal shopper, please stand up. Okay, there's more. And some of the ones that were already standing up were personal shoppers. And also, if you came and cleaned up, Toby, come on up, because Friday, I was spent. <laughs> I came back. I took ladies back to Fairwood Apartment, came back, and it was, I couldn't believe it. It was, they were vacuuming. <laughs> I was, I wanted to cry. And then if you donated money also, please stand up. So it was like tons of people that helped put the Christmas store on. Thank you. Right. Um, two other areas. Uh, Ron and I work with 20-somethings, and I just want to say that is fun for us. We meet once a month, and it's kind of a pain, you know, because I like to hang out Sunday, not do anything, but once the kids all get there, I was like, this is so much fun. Um, it's a group of people that involve RCP, RCC people, but also um, people that don't go to RCC, Ben's sister and her husband and some others. Uh, we eat. We uh, we eat dinner, we worship, we share life together, discussing current affairs like the presidential race. <laughs> uh, I'm old, they're young. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> tough uh, topics like how should the church address the subject of homosexuality? Uh, what should Americans do about the Syrian refugee issue? And some other things that are real fun to talk about, uh, praying for one another, and as these young people try to figure out life, and Ron and I are still trying to figure out life, so, and then I just want to talk about the young nuns, um, by the way, they will not change their name, so just get over it, okay, <laughs> it's young nuns, so, okay, um, we've grown together, um, as women of God, um, finding that we like being women and that our strength is in who we are in Jesus. We are beginning to study the, the, uh, the story, Pam. We're going to start doing the story, Pam and, and Elijah back there, um, tomorrow night, actually. And I look forward to traveling through this uh, Bible overview with these future Christian moms and uh, wives. And um, it's an honor to, to speak into their life. So that's it. And I'd like to introduce my friend and hardworking mom, Carrie. Carrie Allen. Okay, well, I'm not spoken like her, so I'm going to read my notes. So, well, I was asked to share about my department, but not the numbers, just the stories. Really, when I think of the department and the people that make it happen, it's really all of you trusting us with God's money. I am truly blessed to be working for the church and this staff and current council members. I really have no stories, but thought I would tell you about my awesome staff. There's Pastor Alex, who is wise, a father, grandparent, husband, person who listens, gives advice, is truly godly, someone you can count on, willing to help, and can give a great sermon. He oversees God's church as a whole and tries his best to make his church what God has called him to be. Thank you, Alex, for serving God at RCC 
and overlooking God's finances. Then there's Pastor, At- Pastor Kevin. What can I say about Kevin in only 30 seconds that people don't really know? He is wise, kind, has a great humor, a father, an amazing husband, strong man of God, great youth pastor, great worship leader, loves teaching others about God, a man I truly look up to, a colleague I enjoy working with, a friend and family member. I will always be grateful for his wisdom, counsel, and personality he gives. Thank you, Kevin, for serving God's church at RCC and taking good care of his finances. Then comes Pastor Callie. I am ever so grateful for this woman in my life. Because number one, she led my husband to the Lord. Two, she always is there for me through ups and downs. Callie is wise, patient, loving, hard worker, kind, careless, gives nothing of herself to care upon others. A loving mom, a great wife, an awesome youth leader, an amazing pastor. I look up to you, Callie, and thank you for serving RCC and God's finances. Next comes Pam. She is so patient, kind, loving, serving, a great mother, teacher, a great grandmother and wife. She constantly gives all to her children and pastors without looking back. Pam, it is a true pleasure to work with. Thank you, Pam, for serving God and his finances at RCC. Then there is Claire. She is organized, fast, technology-friendly, reliable, wise, strong woman of God, caring, sweet wife, and a brand new mom. She always keeps everything organized and bulletins up to date and going smooth. Thank you, Claire, for working and serving God's church at RCC. Then, of course, when I work, I would have to thank my colleagues, the dark, night owl, computer, printer, calculator, (laughs) the deer, and just half past midnight clock. It's always a pleasure to work with you, keeping me on my toes and allowing me to work, but still stay home with my kids. Last but not least, I have to thank my current and past council members for 2015. Tim Lash, missionary focused, willing to hear all sides of the story, someone who has sacrificed everything to serve God this year in all areas of your life. Thank you, Tim, for serving RCC and look forward to working with you in 2016. Effie's Garcia, this guy is beyond strong man of God, wise, godly, and someone I truly look up to. You two have had some highs and lows, but still served and helped keep our finances going strong. Thank you, Effie's. Greg Shu, you are so willing to help ask questions till you understand. You're a strong man of God. Thank you, Greg, for serving God's church. Doug Hansen, you're a strong man of God, wise, helpful, on time, caring, willing to keep us on track, a true man to look up to. Thank you, Doug, for serving God's church and his finances. Last but not least, I would like to thank the tithing families of RCC. If it wasn't for you trusting God with your money and giving back, I wouldn't have a job. This wonderful staff at RCC 
2015 has been good, but look forward to 2016 and all it has in store for RCC. I'd like to introduce Pam. My greatest joy in serving this body is to watch the presence of the Lord gather around you. There's been a lot of older saints that have gone on and have showed us how to live life and have walked in the presence of the Lord. One wise person said to me once, the most important thing as a Christian is to know what the solution is. And the solution to every problem is always the presence of the Lord. Richard Thompson showed us the presence of the Lord. Norm Ingersoll showed us the presence of the Lord. Janice. She never complained once, and she showed us the presence of the Lord. I see a lot of grandparents here have gone through a lot of things, and I've seen the presence of the Lord in your life. I think that's really the greatest testimony to a church, is to have this body that has had confidence in the presence of the Lord. He has healed our diseases. He's walked through those places that are dark. He's been there when new babies are born. And he's been there when old babies are gone. As um, one of my jobs as being a children's pastor, they love the presence of the Lord. They never see the presence of the Lord as something red and fuzzy. They look at this presence of the Lord. It doesn't have a mouth. It doesn't have arms. But I was working with a couple of the children last week, and they looked at this little puppet like the presence of the Lord. They talked to it. They offered it food. They let it find them. They gave it hugs when I said, he doesn't have any arms. So they hugged it. They were not afraid. And I think the best testimony to Renton Christian Center for 2015 is for the people in this church don't see the presence of the Lord as something that's awkward something that is lacking, something that's manipulated. But they see the presence of the Lord as the answer to every problem. And the voice that he gives you is his voice to comfort, to encourage, and to bring joy to others. And he's using your arms and your hands, and all the works that Callie talked about, and Alex has talked about, and Kevin will talk about, he's using your hands. And so I want to thank you 
so much for not being afraid of something red and fuzzy and to see the presence of the Lord in your life as a helper, a comforter. And he will show you the soon coming king. Thank you. Um, Kevin, Kevin, my friend, my precious friend. What can I? <laughs> I just like how I just like how Pam took her time coming down with the puppet just so Carrie could squirm for a few more seconds <laughs> on the stage. So I wasn't even paying attention to the puppet. I was just watching Carrie that whole time. So good job. Um, well, man, I I get to do all kinds of stuff. I pick up the parking lot and. Um, pick up the basketballs that are in the bushes and all that type of stuff. You know, the last several years I was thinking this morning, I have never acknowledged really the worship team um, because I have two hats that I wear primarily here. So I'm the worship pastor, and then I'm also the youth pastor. And so um, if you're part of the worship team, would you just stand real quick? Awesome. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There you are. All right, sit down, sit down, good job. But, you know, they come most Thursdays, sometimes I can't, so I'm, you know, the older I'm getting, I used to, like, I would never miss a Thursday night. You know, Josh had PTA meeting growing up, sorry, I have worship team practice, never miss for years. So the older I'm getting, I'm like, worship team practice, I'm going to watch the football game, and, and uh, so, but they, they really do, they sacrifice, they come Thursday nights, we're here for a couple hours, and. And we practice. They put up with me. That's a big part. And um, yeah, and um, yeah, musicians. We're all a fun group to hang around, right? Yeah. Um, and then you know the the cool thing for me is the the fun part of my job is I get to be the youth pastor. Most of the time, it's fun. I mean, you guys all think it's like candy and popcorn and balloons, you know. But I'll just tell you, there's um, with this generation, there's a weight that you carry, um, and almost a heaviness, because the majority of our generation now, they, don't, they just don't know God. And more specifically, they don't know Jesus. And so, um, man, it just, there's a weight. And so I'll be out here doing something, and I'll see the hundreds and hundreds of kids from Northwood walking either to school or coming home. And, um, man, there's just a weight, like, God, God, you want us to do something with this generation, so what, what are we supposed to do? Um, this is wildfire student ministries is not uh, a single effort. You know, Callie and I, um, do it together. Um, but it's a team effort. So if you're a wildfire leader, can you please stand up? Some of, some of you guys are standing multiple times. Good job. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ben, for standing up twice. Some of you guys stood up twice. Worship team, man. They just can't get enough of me, I guess. So, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Um, so, man, we do a lot of stuff at Wildfire. You know, our, one of our things that we feel called is to, to help revive this generation. And so we have three big things that we do. It's called CPR. So we provide community, and we, we provide um, purpose, and we provide relationship. And um, all centered around Jesus. Okay, we don't leave Jesus out of any of them. 
Um, we show up here at a church. This, this is our youth room. And uh, so sometimes the chairs are moved, and that's why sometimes you see Cheetos stuck somewhere and, and um, just random stuff stuck in the chairs. And maybe we'll have like a, a little, let's find what you can find in the back of the chair sometime because you never know on Wednesday nights what's being stuck back in there. Um, so those are the three big things. We really want to provide a, a safe place for them to come and to gather and to be. Um, but we also want to provide um, a, a place for them to, to step out of who they are and not just be so self-focused that they have purpose, that they can change their worlds right now. And then also, of course, we want them to know Jesus. And we want them to have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. But we also want to teach them what it means to have healthy relationships this way. I'm finding that this generation is weird. They don't know. They, well, they don't know. They don't like to talk on the phone. Did you know that? Yeah, look at that. They, yeah. So sometimes I'll just call them just to mess with them. <laughs> and they're like, hello? You know, I'm like, yeah, just talk to me. It's just like we're standing here. Anyways, they don't like to talk on the phone. That's just really weird to me. Um, so just teach them what, what, what does a healthy relationship look like? And so it's really cool to see God, what he's been doing uh, over this last year. This has been, um, if we're looking at year in review, this has been probably one of the rougher years uh, for me as a pastor because um, I guess what, this is what I found out this last year, that sometimes I was hanging my, my hat, my success on numbers. You know, when you can't start putting numbers like, hey, man, we have, we have like 40, 50 people showing up here on Wednesday nights. And, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, we graduated 18 kids and then youth group is trying to rediscover itself a little bit. And we have sports and we have schools and stuff going on. Um, one night, well, it's actually several nights in a row, we had more youth leaders in the room than we had kids. And so the Lord was just saying to me, I want you to invest in these leaders. They're here for a reason. And so the cool thing about it is we've been having consistent leaders meetings. Um, and it's been fun. It's been fun and been, been encouraged to step out and grow. And the more that we've met together, the more we have a heart for what God's called us to do, and then the more we love our kids. And so then, we're start, then we start seeing numbers change a little bit. Uh, so that's been really cool. Um, one of the things the Lord put in my heart at the very beginning of the school year is not only to change life and revive this generation, but to, to revive our community. And so we had this idea of let's nominate every single month. We're going to nominate one of our teachers. So the kids in the, in the room come up and fill out. Um, one of the teachers, and then they put it in a box, and then tw um, at the very end of the month, we draw two names out of all the teachers they nominate, and we send them a $10 Starbucks card and a thank you for doing what they do. Now, a couple things that I found out about this. The interesting thing is most of our kids don't like their teachers. <coughs> and that's a normal teenage thing. And so, again, um, back to CPR as far as community um, purpose and relationship is to say, hey, we want to develop healthy relationships, and we want to honor our teachers. Yeah, are they all nice? No, not all, but they're there to serve, and they're trying, they're doing their best, and so we want to honor them. So the cool thing is we've done, we've sent out 10 letters, thank you letters to teachers, and then we've, um, and we've sent a $10 Starbucks card that comes out of the youth budget, and uh, we actually received two thank you notes. So I just want to read a couple of them, okay? Uh, so we got one. She has very girlish handwriting, so I'll do my best to read it. Wildfire Student Ministries, 
I just want to send out a late thank you note for the $10 Starbucks card. What a wonderful surprise. God is faithful and good. I feel so blessed that I was chosen. And thank you for doing this. It really means a lot. And this is a, um, the sign language teacher at Kent Ridge High School. Okay. And we've drawn it. This one just happens to be from Kent Ridge. The Kent Ridge teachers, I guess, are a little bit more thankful. Because um, they're the only two that have sent the thank you notes. But this is another one. He actually, um, um, Mitchell Smith, um, he actually posted this on the RCC Facebook page. <clears throat> and I was like, hey, we have a Facebook page? Oh, okay. <laughs> Because I'm hip. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and stuff now. Facebook is, Facebook is old school. All right, it says, good evening to you all. I would like to sincerely express my humble gratitude for a recent and quite unexpected blessing bestowed by your church. You guys, formal. Um, it says, thank you very much for the warm letter for recognizing my efforts in the classroom as a teacher at Kent Ridge High School. Essentially, I like this part. Okay, essentially... Pastors LaRoche and Layton. So whenever you see Callie from now on, just I want you to call her Pastor Layton. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, Pastors LaRoche and Layton facilitate an ongoing program. He's like explaining to me what we're doing. So like, all right, this is cool. Okay. That we nominate, you know, we nominate them and he says that would be positively impacted the students. On top of this, they send us a Starbucks card that was included. And I really like coffee. And then he just goes on to say, may God bless you. And um, it's cool. Here's, so Kent Ridge High School, check this out. Christian, found out he's a Christian, science teacher. Wow, unique, huh? Christian science teacher, you don't hear about that very often, do you? But they're there, they're out there. We have Christian teachers in our school. Now, we, didn't, we don't target Christian teachers, just we, whoever we draw out of the box, we, we write them a thank you note. And then we pray for the, we pray for the other ones too. Um, because we don't want to just change kids' lives. We want to change our community, right? We want to change our community. We want, I love how Pastor Alex said, serving comes before salvation for most people. Did Jesus come and just preach the gospel? Preach? No. He came and served people. And he won their hearts. And that's what we want to be. We want to be people who win people's hearts. And then they wonder why. Why do you do this? It's because Jesus loves me, and he's changed my life, and I want other people to experience what I've experienced, that this amazing love, the presence of God. I've experienced the presence of God, and I, I long for other people to experience that. I don't know about you, but that's a longing that I have. I want people to know. I don't want it just to just be notches on our belt, and I get tired of um, churches talking about, oh, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go reach the lost, the lost, the lost. I think we have to change our vernacular we, just, we have to change our vernacular. We have to say we want God to change people's lives. Okay? It's not us against them. I think a lot of times that's what happens. It's us against them. Oh, we're going to go to this community, and we're going to go do this. No, yeah, yeah, we are going, but it's going because we want to serve them, because we want them to experience the presence of God in their life. Amen? That's huge. It's a huge deal. Um, at the very beginning of the year, sit down, spend some time with Jesus. And I just really felt strongly the Lord was saying, in 2016, Kevin, I don't want you just to manage what I've given you, but I want you to go out and advance. I want you to advance. And I'm, I'll just tell you, I'm still chewing through that. I'm not really sure what that means. Um, I think we've done a good job managing 
what God has given us. But I believe that he's calling us um, to advance, to move out, and, and go get, and go introduce people to this amazing Jesus that we serve. Amen? Amen. God is faithful. He's good. Um, I'm honored that you trust me um, to do what I do and that you support me. It still, it, literally, it surprises me um, every other week. Um, I'm just in my office doing my stuff, and I go in there to grab, because I, you know, write, and I'm like, oh, I messed up. I got to grab my white out. It's in my pencil drawer. And I open my pencil drawer, and there's a check in there. <laughs> it still surprises me. <laughs> like 17 years later, still surprises me. Um, and then I stop, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you trust me. I'm thankful for what you put in the offering baskets or the bags, whatever we have, um, that you help support my family, Cleo and myself. And when Josh was growing up, it's, it's changed my life. And so I just appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Appreciate you. Wow. Pam and I still pinch ourselves when we look at and think about these men and women that we serve with. It just blows my mind. Me? Wow. I still get surprised, too, when I find a paycheck in my drawer. Um, I want to take what Kevin just said and, and look practically to the year ahead. Um, we really have been given the presence of God to share. And um, that requires individual responsiveness to him as God has designed us all differently, but we all are called to respond to the same thing, Jesus have your way in me. But it also requires a little bit of organization. If we, if we do things as a team, we're better together, we're stronger together, more, more effective together. So that's kind of where our job as overseers comes in is to pray and say, Lord, is there, is there an army type movement that we can sort of put together this coming year so that we can advance the kingdom as a team, not just as one individual at a time? And so on the very back page of your little handout here, I've got a couple of things I really want to call your attention to. One is practical, one is spiritual. Uh, starting with the designated fund balances. By the way, this is our savings account. That's also mind-blowing. Um, that's a lot of money we have in savings. The, only, the downside is that's, we don't get to spend it any way we want. We have to spend it exactly for what it was given for. So wildfire students or missions or building fund or those kind of things. But the first thing on the back of this page where it says, uh, looking ahead, sanctuary renovations, uh, that building fund right there, we, we've been sitting on that money for a long, long time thinking that perhaps the property next door would come available. We wanted to save it for a down payment. God doesn't seem to be opening that door. So we said, what if we use some of that money to get our 30-year-old carpet replaced? I don't know if, you get, if you're ever the first one here in the morning, it kind of smells. <laughs> it's the rug. It's, it's just not pretty. Sorry to warn you, but it's, that's what it is. So we, we've just got to get new carpet, number one. Number two, I, this may not bug you, but these big black towers to me drive me crazy. I hate them. We actually have boxes we built for speakers. We never use them. What's that about? Nowadays, there are small speakers that have as much or more power than these gigantic things. So we want to invest in some of our sound system. We also want to, we want to do something. This stage is too small. I don't know if you ever noticed, but these guys, are, they're singing like this and playing guitar like this. 
So we want to maybe add a foot or something like that. So we, and we want to redesign some of the stuff underneath, cabling between here and the side. But anyway, all that kind of stuff. The cool thing is we've got perhaps a third of this to start with. We could start with $10,000. The carpet all alone is about 28000 installed. We're going to buy some, like maybe the tile squares, if it gets a stain or I spill my coffee, which I do daily, pull the tile out and put a new one in. Okay, that's another. But the cool thing is, word of life, we're meeting with them in a couple of weeks. The second church that meets here has said, we may want to help invest in the body. I mean, in the building. So we're going to get together. So we're thinking maybe one-third building fund, one-third we do a fundraiser, the other third maybe they invest. So that's, that's our prayer. So we're looking forward to doing that practical thing. We think it'll add to just the uh, sense of comfort, less distraction, especially the sound and all that. Okay, number two. The most important thing to me, our staff uh, went to our annual Northwest Pastors Conference in October. So it was about four or five months ago. And uh, we went to a workshop that was one of the most amazing workshops I've ever been to. And it was all about this Bible study called Rooted. And uh, we came back going, oh man, we've got We've got to adopt this for Renton Christian Center. As most of you know, we've had home groups forever. Our home group leaders are some of the most faithful and strong, consistent people I've ever met, in spite of the lack of support they get from me. I haven't been doing a great job keeping them encouraged and supported and fed. And one of the reasons is I've always wanted to have kind of a church-wide Bible study that we offered so everybody could be on the same page. But to be honest, I've never found one that I love. I've been to bookstores and online and going through every catalog in the world, and oh, 90% is great, but that, that's goofy. Why would you ever put that? That's just, I'm not, I'm not per- supporting that. So anyway, it's been hard until we found Rooted. I've been making this my personal devotion since October. It's life-changing. I just want to kind of introduce the idea. In the fall, we'd like to kick off this thing just for those who want to be involved. It's not going to be mandatory for everybody. Home groups who are really doing a great job can keep doing what they're doing, but we're going to invite anybody who wants. Two reasons for this. Number one, we want to be a church who not only becomes strong, but the component of outreach is built right into it. As we grow stronger, we move together as a group, as a team, as a small group, and minister in our community. So it's got that final component that I'm so passionate about, being a mission on mission, in the mission field. That's what church is supposed to end up as, right? Not just feed me, but let's go serve, care, and evangelize. It's built right into the study. But number two, I want to see if God would help raise up some more leaders. There are some young families, young couples, maybe older folks who've never really been in charge of a a small group, but I know you're there, and I know God wants to raise up a whole new generation of leaders here. And Ruta is going to be the perfect avenue to do that. It's such a, the folks who wrote it actually are from Africa. They were missionaries in Africa. And about five uh, African pastors are the authors. The pastor of uh, Mariner's Church in Newport Beach was on mission there, discovered this group and their Bible study, brought it back to his church in California, rewrote it for an American audience, and this is what they came up with. It is just powerful. Anyway, what they've discovered is that when Believers go deep with Jesus, they're transparent with one another, and the outcome is serving and advancing the cause of Christ. Then you've got this full, complete circle of Christianity happening. Place for new believers, maturing, 
serving, leading, going out reaching new believers, maturing, serving, and leading. So, they're so um, intent on getting it right and make sure they don't just throw it at churches. Hey, you guys, just whatever works for you. They said, we really want to train your leaders. So the four of us are going to go down to California in June, Pam, Callie, Kevin, and I, and we're going to go through the training. It's a two-day, eight-hours-a-day training because they say it's, it's unlike anything you've probably ever done before. It's so effective. So I'm very excited. I wish we could start tomorrow, but it looks like we'll be trained in June, so it probably won't be till September that we begin. So I just want you to be praying for us. Pray for our church and maybe pray for yourself. Should I perhaps be a facilitator of one of these groups? Last thing, on the inside, I got some really cool figures that we put together for the past year, especially like the 960 students that went through Cali's Smart Love, Smart Freedom classes. Uh, the volunteer hours were through the roof. I mean, all kinds of cool things. The one number I just, I'm super happy about, but not so much, 11 Decisions for Christ. Super thankful for those 11, but it should be 111. It should be 51 or something like that. That's the other reason I like Rooted, because the target is let's be a complete Christian and win others into the kingdom. So take this home. Give thanks to God for it. Hey, I just want to say we, we really focused on, you know, everybody has being blessed. Sir. If you have a personal need that didn't get met today, we are in no hurry to leave. If you would like prayer, you need to just chat with somebody, talk. We've got leaders here. I'll be here for a while, whatever you need, because Jesus is here too to touch personal needs as well. Okay? Amen. God bless you. Give somebody a hug before you go. See you next Sunday. Yes, God's Word is so awesome. Thanks, Pastor Alex. I hope this message blesses you as it does me. We have an awesome time of worship during each of our services. We have infant and child care available, as well as complete children's education programs. We host the Wildfire Youth Programs Wednesday evenings. Be sure to visit our website at rccfoursquare.org. Here's a final word from Pastor Kevin. you ever have thoughts about your purpose in life? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe you walked away and it's time to come home. You know, really our walk with God is about a personal relationship with Him. That's what He wants. I believe that's what we want. I encourage you to take a few moments and allow this message to sink in. Allow His Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. You know, the Bible says that if we draw close to Him, that He will draw close to us. So do that today. God bless.